from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Never made it as a wise man. I couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing. Tired of living like a blind man. I'm sick of sight without a sense of feeling. And this is how you remind me. I like me. This is the Bill George theme right here. He never made it as a wise man. Everybody oh, come Nickelback on. And then they come here concert with 15,000 people. Yeah, really. Yo, Nickelback smokes. Hey, I mean, I like Nickelback. Are they tickled? Are they, I, they do suck. Bad? I don't like Nickelback. They've got like two songs that I enjoy, and that's Let's it. Let's face it, you're a Hanson's guy. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> Coming from the guy that partied with the Bee Gees. <laughs> I don't think he ever partied with the Bee Gees. I can guarantee you that. I never met the Bee Gees. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, we're talking about Jack Strap here. We're not talking Bee Gees. It was I, he didn't work for Q one oh five. We're talking Sean like Penn and Madonna. That's almost Ozzy like Osbourne. You yeah. know, Motley Crue. Yeah, Def but Le- I've got tickets to go see Def Leppard and Motley Crue come up in uh, July. Why? The only reason why because you because it's to Def Leppard. I, yeah, I say Def she Leppard. Was live Aid. Yeah. Motley Crue. Yeah. yeah, that and uh, she had that new movie out with I Sean Penn. What, uh, she was. was Unbelievable looking back then. Well, yeah. yeah. Today well, yeah. she looks like I don't know. She fell off a shrimp boat or something. But <laughs> 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 hard, put up wet. Right? You know, I never did like Sean Penn after Live Aid either because he was just rude. I think it's in his nature. Yeah, he's yeah. always been rude. I, I, I think it's always. You think been. I was asking her on a date? I tell you who sorry, I like nowadays. That's just, that's really cool. Is I was Joan just talking Jett. about the Bucks because you mentioned him earlier in the show. That's all. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, oh, Lincoln Park. You finally discovered him. Where have you been for like the last? That's I why know. I said you, you just discovered. No, Joan Jett. Ball. Well, like I'm saying, Joan Jett's still like <laughs> rocking. So, <laughs> Joan Jett. Jett. Yeah. <laughs> this is rock and roll talk on the Big and Wild. Well, what what did we talk about earlier this morning that wasn't anything near hunted Fo- rela- football. football? Football. We do yeah. it all the time. Well, now I got to ask this because having Jack Strap in the studio. I want to hear your best Joan Jett story because I'm sure you got one of those as well. I introduced her at the Crown Lounge in Pinellas Park. The Scrounge Lounge? Yeah, are you kidding me? No, Seriously? She, she, that's when the career was, you know, she's huge again now. But that's when the career was in a tailslide. You know, the the what was the name of the girl group she was in? Whatever. Uh, the, runaways. the Runaways. Yeah, they, they broke up and, and she wasn't doing much. Had that one hit. And, and uh, I went to the Crown Lounge. I was the guy stuck with the job and introduced Joan Jett. Scrounge Lounge. Yeah, the Runaways. Lita Ford. Uh, it? Wow, Wendy O. Williams. Yeah. Wasn't she in I'll there for a while? What, yeah. Lita Ford said hi to me one time and stuck her hand out, and I went, please take a Lita Ford. My God. She was hot. She still is hot. I'm surprised you didn't walk up and just go, Close your eyes yeah. for me. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't do that one. Ozzy's is just the worst interview ever, though. I love man. I love the guy. I love the show him and Jack did. It was uh, tremendously great. I loved that it. That was a cool show. I used to watch it with my well, they're kids. They're doing the horror show now, him and Jack and his mom. I know. I know. And he's, well, I was going to get tickets. He was supposed to be on tour, and then COVID hit. And then, uh, you know, there goes that thing. And now he's been diagnosed with what? Uh, What's he got now where he's, like, sitting out in the chair, basically, out on the front? Is he sick? Really sick? What has he got? He's, 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 he's uh, got something that's messing him up. It's not multiple sclerosis. Well, you know what? When know you do it. every drug known to man day and night for 30 years, <laughs> and drink, sniff a line of ants, you know, you got sniff issues. Sniff ants, things <laughs> like that with Motley Crue. <sighs> that's just what it is. That's what it is. Yeah, that is Ozzy. Did you see the show with Jack and Ozzy? This is outdoorsy. Where they had to 
get the sperm from racehorses for breeding. I, I thought not. Ozzy was going to blow a gear. I he's, doing, he's doing the whole holding his head thing. What is it? What is it? I think I did see that one. I thought you were going to bring up the one where they went out and they shot machine guns, which I thought was very entertaining. What about the, what about the one broke in the tank? Gun? What? They had the one in the tank, Oh, yeah, tank and the too. tank was a good one, too. I don't know what Ozzy's feelings are, but a Jack's pro gun. Yeah, oh, extremely. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a cop, too, somewhere. In Indiana, somewhere. Yeah, in he's Indiana. a cop, reserve cop. You didn't find it yet, oh, what his uh, diagnosis <coughs> of his illness is? For who? I'm sorry. Ozzy, 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 Ozzy Osborne. Uh, give me a second. Okay. Give you one Could second. Could you imagine being pulled over by Jack Osborne? I'd be pretty thrilled about it. I'd probably like, take a picture. I'm still giving you a ticket, but can I get a picture? I thought it was the, one of the best episodes to get to continue this madness. He's was got when they got pulled over in Texas because the windows were too tinted, tinted too dark, and they roll down the window, and the one cop's kind of standing there on the passenger side, and they roll down the other window, and the the cop on the other side talking to Jack is looking, and he looks across and he goes, "Holy crap, you're Ozzy Osbourne," <laughs> and he goes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, 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 he's like he's got that Bob Dylan thing. And the other on. cop looks at him and goes, "Are you really Ozzy Osbourne?" He's like, "Yeah, it's me." It's like, you know, he's kind of bashful in person. He's not. Oh, I know he is. Real. And he's a little guy too, isn't he? What yeah. did he? What does he have? He's got Parkinson's. Parkinson's. Oh, that's Lord, what it man, is. That's not good to hear. Yeah, he's yeah. going the way of Michael J. Yeah, Fox. Survive that. That's CBD sad. oil and uh, lots of hemp, I guess. And this uh, from a guy who won't download an app. <laughs> <laughs> You know, up in the hills of West Virginia, where I come from. <laughs> <laughs> we drink moonshine for every illness. It's all good. You're just like my Uncle Carol. You him. guys are not right. Rub some mud on it and then drink some car oil. Have some Tussin. <laughs> tussin will fix everything. Tussin? Rub a Tussin. I haven't heard that in a million years being called Tussin. I call, I've always called it Tussin. Yeah. Well, it's, from, a, it's not only a dinner drink. It's good for some problems. <laughs> I was going to say, it must, must have been left over from the 90s when it was the Tussin era. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. The little juicy thing. Yeah. You know what? Speaking of uh, guys and people, we're supposed to be doing an interview next week with a, a ginormous cattle rancher. From Kansas. From Kansas. I heard that. Who's going to uh, talk about the uh, beef industry and what they're going through, but also in uh, in Vince's nefarious ways, he wanted to give him the the is it true or not true when it comes to your favorite show yellowstone no our favorite show oh, i love I'm that sorry. show i'm sorry i didn't know you guys were <laughs> well, in the club you're a rookie you just climbed on this wagon i, I don't know nothing about it he watched Damn. every day yeah, i am current i sat there i was homesick for two days i sat there and watched it was a thursday friday saturday sunday and i am current with yellowstone so he's up to your speed, I guess. Oh, I'm there. Are you guys like you having a watch party or something? I, I don't Some know. guy goes, you're giving me a ride to catch to some way to get out of here. And Rip goes, oh, yeah, I'm taking you to the train station. Are you yeah. watching that <laughs> show at all, uh, Bill George? No. <laughs> I'm telling what about you. 1883? You don't it's, understand. it's not as good as Yellowstone. <clears throat> I will say this. Steve called me and he said, dude, dude, dude. Are you watching 1883? I was like, I don't have cable anymore. I cut the cable a long time ago. And he's like. You have got to go watch the beginning of the very first yeah, episode. I don't care if, if you, you watch, watch anything else, just watch the beginning of the very first episode. And I was like, how am I going to do that? So, of course, I consulted the 14-year-old. And he's like, oh, I'll find it, Dad. No problem. You know, and uh, two seconds later, it's uh, on his phone. Yeah. And I watched it. And I will say that it was a very powerful thing to watch. It's very moving. It was Being uh, a Tennessee boy and... and that whole scene where Tim's sitting there, you know, in front of the church at Antietam. Yeah. He's the actual place. I, I just, I, when I watched Tom it. Tom Hanks I, did a cameo. Yeah. Tom and, did, I was actually, he did pretty good. 
But I watched that first, uh, the the beginning of it, and uh, I said, yeah, I can't watch any more of this. Yeah. And Barrett's like, why? Is it you, you upset? And I was like, no, because then I'll be addicted. And I'll be Steve, and I'll be <laughs> TV I, I like Sam stuff. Elliott's character, though. Sam Elliott's character. I don't characters. like anything about Sam Elliott, the liberal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like his, I said his character. He's still alive. What are we waiting on? <laughs> His character. <laughs> Is there anybody that you do like? I feel like, it, you know, just somebody out there. It's a newborn child. I don't like that either. He's probably a liberal commie, too. <laughs> he liked Tom Petty. He liked uh, the Eagles. He liked. Uh, yeah. uh, and Don Henley's a screaming Don liberal. That's probably my favorite singer. Ah, man. Yeah, so it's all good. You know? I just I, I just want to hear him say something nice about somebody for once. He comes in here and it's just a miserable old goat. What? The greatest of all time? Well, the I mean, Jack Strap is a miserable old goat. No. I like him. Don't get me wrong. But. <laughs> Why is he miserable? He, just because he comes in, he wants to pick on Tim McGraw because of things that he said in the past. And as Vince pointed out, he, he brought that up to me. And I said, as long as he's acting, I don't care. But, right. you know, it's in his off time that he gets to be a bag thing. Just it's kind of like Antonio Brown. When he was on the field, he was a good guy. <laughs> he's yeah. an idiot. As soon as he gets off the field. And we see his true colors, and uh, things aren't looking so good. So yeah. it's just it, the way it, it is. It's a cool show. I mean, Yellowstone is, is really cool. But I, I talked to uh, Mr. Henderson from the Henderson Ranch out in Kansas, and uh, he's gonna. We're gonna be doing an interview with him this week, and I'm really looking forward to. I think Vince to is trying to pull an old, uh, you know, um, we scratch my back, uh, we get on your ranch and kill a monster, Kansas buck kind of thing. Well, you know, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not a baby. I mean, they, they could come course, up in a conversation. Out there, they get fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a deer in most of those places. Yeah, they're wow. uh, they're not uh, they're not chintzy bucks out there. But I, I ran across one of his posts, and they're really hurting with the cattle out there. I mean, the pricing of cattle and how yeah. they sell it, it it blows me away. I mean, just to think, you. I mean, obviously, we all go to the store. You see how much the freaking beef is now, but they're not making the ranchers. And they're not making that money. That's on anything farming. I mean, it's my, sad. I got a dead uncle who milked cows four times a day and made hardly nothing off of those things. You they're know, selling. I, I found a, I found an auction site of for cattle livestock auction, twenty two cattle for two hundred and fifty bucks a head. That yields only fifty five hundred dollars for the rancher. It takes nine hundred to a thousand dollars to take one cow whoa, whoa, whoa. for the year. What what size cow was? You? Was going for two fifty calves? No, they were they were full grown. Are full you sure? Grown? Yeah, I'm sure. Were they cut? No, you're not sure. You're, yes, you, I I'm heard sure. the doubt in your voice. Were they steers? Sure. I mean, were they? They were feeders. Cut? They were feeders. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they were feeders. Not... Yeah, and the pricing. I mean, yielding fifty five hundred dollars. The point is, Bill, it's like the cattle. You're getting fifty five hundred dollars. It takes almost a thousand dollars a year to keep that cow alive or raise that cow. Now you have to pay the cowboys. You have to pay for the ranch. You have to take care of the horses, and you have to take care of the trucks. That fifty-five hundred dollars is gone, poof, out the window. And so, uh, how does the rancher make money? And then the processor uh, makes about six hundred dollars more on each one of those cows. Exactly. That they sell. So because the slaughterhouse is only—it's only costing them a hundred to one hundred and fifty bucks to slaughter every cow. So you cow. think they? What? What do you think should be done? I'm well, we're going to talk to Mr. Henderson and find exactly. out. I want to know what you think should be I, done in this God, capitalism I, uh, world of ours. Honest to God, I think the, the USDA is no better than Big Farm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, what does the USDA have to do with it? Because they're the ones setting the rules. No, they don't set the rules on what the price is. How I do you s- figure? How do I figure? The Department it, of it's, Agriculture? It's, I'm willing to too. pay you $250 for a cow. 
you're willing to sell it to me for two. Because I don't have a choice because nobody else is going to give me any more oh, money. Oh, oh, it's, because it's you're you don't support, have a choice. You're you're locked into an agreement with the big slaughterhouse. Go down to Hoof and Horn. Have your cow slaughtered Hoof locally. Hoof and Horn. Oh. Go to go to a local slaughterhouse and and, and cut a, out this big but big a local slaughterhouse won't be able to handle the the load the, the amount load. of the amount of uh, cattle and I all mean, that look stuff. At, look, let's our, take our, our buddy Jeffrey Scott. That's what he did when he left radio. He went out. He was raising cattle in Missouri, and he would pre-sell his cows to people who wanted to divvy it up. Yeah. So you each one of us throws in two hundred bucks. We buy a steer, and at the end of the year. He butchers it, but he gets it done, and he delivers it. He made all of his money back. So he made a ton of money doing it that way. Yeah. Right, we'll but for come, the big we'll boys, I told Vince, I said, what he ought to do is he ought to go cut them fences, turn them loose, turn them into wild cattle, and then uh, charge you, uh, you know, $2,000 to come out and shoot one. That's not, that's not <laughs> a bad idea. Slick, by the way, you're dead to me. See <laughs> <laughs> you guys later. <laughs> I love you. All right, we're going to take you. a break. It is the Big Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Park. We'll be back. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome in, everybody, to the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, Vince Noble, Bill George Slick. Hanging out with you this morning. If you want to call in, you know you always can. 888-404-1010-888-404-1010. If you get a chance, <clears throat> go check out the bigandwild.com. That's our uh, page, our official page, bigandwild.com. <clears throat> if you go there, you can always catch the past shows and all that kind of good stuff. You can catch up on... Uh, the Christmas show, the New Year's show, the Thanksgiving show, and anything else you might have missed. But more importantly, scroll down to the bottom there, and you will see the beautiful winter wonderland. Um, right now, we have a couple of very young uh, does with their winter fur munching on some corn. But in the background, it is completely snowed in. All the Everything is covered in snow. It looks very beautiful, very pretty. And it was so funny because at about this time yesterday, that was all trees there was no snow at least not on the trees there was a little bit left on the ground but uh, they had a really nice snowfall last night into this morning and it is now a beautiful winter wonderland and to see nature in the snow i'm waiting to see the walkers in the back from game of thrones <clears throat> while you're sitting here in the uh air conditioner your heater it's uh very nice and very convenient uh, i wanted to uh, touch on uh next weekend we're going to be broadcasting live out at the uh, Tampa Bay Sporting Clays. Uh, we'll be out there for the Hooked on Hope clay shoot that's going on. It's happening up there uh, right off of Aaron's Cutoff up there in Lando Lakes, basically. Uh, you know where it is. You've probably been there before. But uh, this one's for our good friend Lori, uh, her her charity, Hooked on Hope. Lori Hall, of course, uh, the wife of our, our good friend Brooksy Hall <coughs> from Mountain Brandon Ford. And every year they do a great feed. They have a great shoot. It's going to start early in the morning around 9 o'clock. Everybody's going to be getting there around 8-ish or so or, or earlier. Uh, you'll be done probably around 1 o'clock, I would uh, say. is usually about yeah. the latest out there. and So it'll be a good day ahead by all, and we hope we'll see you out there. If you're out there and you're listening to the show, please come by, shake a hand, say hello, good morning, how you doing? And if you want to get a team together, then what you need to do is go to uh, hookedonhope.org. It's pretty easy to remember, hookedonhope.org. Uh, they have a Facebook page. They have their web page. I think, I, think she, I don't know if she's on Instagram or not. but I'm sure she is. 
Well, I know her her, her guide service is. I know that uh, you know Ladyfish Charters is on there. But um, if you're going to come out, please participate. Come out and help. If you don't want to shoot, you don't have to. But there's at least raffles. come out. There's raffles. There's raffles. Yeah, exactly. They get a ton, a ton of stuff. They're gonna have some guns to give away. They're gonna be raffling off and auction off and all of everything else like that. And if you're a single shooter. Uh, Lori is very adamant about getting everybody out on the course, so she will find somebody for you to shoot with. Yes. <laughs> it's not, and I'm telling you, every year when we do one of Lori's events, whether it be the fishing tournament or the shooting tournament, trying to pin her down for three or five whole minutes. <laughs> it's not happening. Uh-uh. The girl is running around like a crazy woman getting everything done. She's got to have her fingers in every pie, and she's got to make sure that everybody's happy, yeah. and it'll be one of the greatest Charity shoots you ever attend. The only time you can nail her down is when she does her talks at Bass Pro Shop. That's the <clears> only <throat> time you can get pretty her much, to, yeah, pretty yeah. much, or <laughs> well, get her out on the boat, uh, charter her boat, and go out fishing with her for the day. That's you got true her. too. So you could do that. But all this is uh, to assist people who have had breast cancer with things that you know aren't covered by insurance and other things, and and really help them. Uh, get through that difficult time so i mean just go out there look at that website hookedonhope.org and uh it's just incredible what they're doing for people here in the tampa bay area they've helped out so many women and i mean it i know you've probably never been there but if you have you'll know what we're talking about we've we've done the fishing tournament before and uh when they had it down at the uh at augie bush's old place down there on finnell's point uh, we used to go down there, and every woman that's on those boats that are out there with guys and captains and everybody else, all are, are breast cancer survivors. And when you see that many women together out there fishing for the day and know that they're all still here for their kids and for their husbands and for their family and everybody else, because of the efforts that Lori has done just on her own. I mean, she started this crud on her own. and She's been rocking it since. She started because of a friend of hers, you know, was really in financial straits because insurance didn't cover things like car payments or your electric bill or yeah. uh, groceries or, or whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, so Hooked on Hope, uh, you know, gets that money out there so these ladies can concentrate on getting healthy again and not having to worry about, you know, if there's food in the house for the kids to eat or if the electricity is going to be turned off or they're going to come repo or a car or something like that. So. It's a great event. We encourage you to come out. And if you, for heaven's sakes, you can't make it to the Tampa Bay Sporting Clays for next Saturday, keep your eyes on it because she does a golf tournament every year. If you're a big golfer, get out there and uh, hit the big old ball. Or for her fishing tournament, which is huge. Giant. Every year. Some of the best top captains that you only see on TV or on the radio or anywhere else like that will be there with a boat full of women going out trying to win this darn thing. (laughs) <laughs> they yeah. they get very competitive. It's it's a great event. So mark your calendars. Go to hookedonhope.org and pick out something that you can help. And if you can't do any of it, for heaven's sakes, make a donation. You yes. know, it doesn't matter if it's five bucks, ten bucks, fifty bucks, or fifty thousand. It doesn't matter to me. A little bit goes a long way. And she's real as real can be too. I mean, that's that's the cool part about you know knowing the different people that we deal with. And you know the charities and the people who run charities. We all know Lori, and she she's genuine, man. She's and the she real don't deal. play. No, no, she doesn't. No, she don't play, and it's all good. She will get it done. 
<laughs> it's that will should, she'll do that. So we'll be out there next Saturday. Uh, if you can't make it, uh, you know, do what you got to do. But we'll be there with bells on, having a good old time. And I guess it'll be uh, quite cool that morning. So I may have to bring a jacket. You're actually going to wear jeans? No, I won't wear jeans, but, <laughs> yeah. I, but I'll put a jacket on. I may have to put some shoes on or something. I don't know, but any of that, no, I'm not going to do that. I wanted to bring up the uh, duality of two different stories like I did last week. You know, I uh, did the duality of of uh, <clears throat> this is bad, but okay, everything's all good. You know, with the armadillos. Remember when we did the armadillo story? Yeah. What was good about <laughs> the armadillos? The did duality you, of it them? when it comes to, the, you know, all the other kind of good stuff. This one has to do with bald eagles. Now, here in Florida, oh. our eagle population is, is uh, doing extremely well. Right. Okay. But uh, there was a story that came out, and of course, this is all about hunters. This is all because we're out there in the woods, and it's all we're the bad guys again. Uh, hunters um, are—they're saying that uh, that some eagles in certain areas are back to the brink of extinction in the United States by deaths caused by lead poisoning from ingesting hunters' bullets left in the wild from when after they shoot something. No, I, I think that's wrong. Why, first off, what why they're scratching be, for traction there? Yeah, that sounds stupid. <laughs> well, no, this is the thing. If you read into this story, it, it really gets kind of uh, it kind of cancels itself out. Population increases in the majestic bird, recognized as the national symbol, uh, has been suppressed by six point three percent for males and four point two percent for females in a study that was done by the uh, Cornell University. And uh, they've done it, they set up in the northeastern part of the United States. Mortality from ingestion of lead introduced the long-term growth rate and resiliency of bald eagles in the northeast over the last three decades. They said that the lead is found in organs left behind by hunters who field dress or gut their kill, abandoning the contaminated remains to be scavenged by eagles. I would think that eagles would be a secondary visitor to the Vulture. gut pile. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're you're right on that. How many other animals are, are we not finding dead from lead poisoning now because of this stuff? Like, there, there's they're grasping for straws. So, yeah. so you're telling me that possums, raccoons, coyotes, and squirrels, and everything else that come and take a bite of it are smarter than the American bald I, eagle. I, I would I would agree with that story more if they talked about pesticides and fertilizers. Well, yeah. that was the leading cause back in the day when they were spraying, uh, you know, DDT and all that kind of good stuff like that. But, of course, they go through this and they tell you that there were 2,050 breeding females, a reduction of an estimated 98 uh, breeding females as a result of lead poisoning. But then they say there were 10,172 females who were not reproducing. A reduction of an estimated 742 non-breeding females as a result of lead poisoning. So they're sitting here telling me that over 12,000 eagles up in that area have lead poisoning? That's No, that's just wrong. I mean, how many deer do they kill in the Northeast, uh, Bill George? <laughs> I mean, uh, is it A this, lot. Is it uh, 19? But I don't know too many that the bullet doesn't make it through. I mean, that... I would think the vast majority of bullets are pass-throughs. Yeah. And, and copper-jacketed for the most part. And uh, nowadays, of course, with the GMX and some others, it's we're talking solid copper. So uh, It's like you they think we just shot them with a the buckshot and just left every— like, that's all we're doing is shoot them all with buckshot, and it's kind of like le left in there. But, but I thought this was kind of weird because it said this study 
can be used and why they did it so that each state can uh, and federal wildlife managers to inform uh, to inform policies surrounding the use of lead ammunition or to educate hunters on the population scale effects of their ammunition choices. Yes, and there are places like Loxahatchee, when you hunt an alligator in that uh, wildlife uh, unit, it's a federal uh, area, you cannot use a copper bullet or a lead bullet. You have to have copper. Yeah, solid copper bullets. But on a side note, just to be quick about it, if you're planning a getaway to the Ozark Mountains in Missouri, set your sights on the Dogwood Canyon, 10,000-acre destination, Guess why they're inviting you to come out on there? To come see all the bald eagles. <laughs> you can come wow. see all the bald eagles that all make the it their home. <laughs> they're doing eagle watching tours every day from 930 to 1130 during the month of January. Guests can ride in a nice quiet shuttle throughout the park and glimpse the birds. Many thousands of them well, right I... there in Missouri. You know, where they kill about two million deer a year. All right, we're going to take a break. It is a Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. Hang on. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Thank you so much for uh, joining us on this beautiful Saturday morning. It's going to stay beautiful today. A little bit of a Big and Wild Fast Cast for you. It's going to be in the 70s. So if you're a uh, Floridian, you might want to bring a light jacket or put on two T-shirts and you'll be fine. But it's going to be a beautiful day. Tomorrow's going to be the nasty day. So if you're going to go out and do some fishing, today would be a good day to do it in front of that uh, front that's coming to get, be pushed through. Also be a good day to go out and go uh, take a stroll through the woods. Go out and see what you can see. Go out there maybe do a little scouting ahead of the, uh, the big giant squirrel competition that's going to be happening this year. It's, the, of course, the second annual uh, squirrel hunt happening up in Brooksville. It's going to be a good time had by all. Two-person teams, $20 per team. You got the $5 side pot if you want to do that for the biggest squirrel. That's optional. And uh, first place is 50% payout. Second place is 30% payout. Third place is 20% payout. And you can go get all the information that you want if you go to the Brooksville annual squirrel hunt. It's the second annual. You can take a look at it on Facebook or any of that kind of stuff. And uh, they're going to be having a good old time. But before you go, our good friend uh, Toby is going to be uh, doing a little bit of a uh, little bit of a uh, safety course. And I don't know much about it, but he texted Vince. So what does he say that he's going to do? Well, I mean, if you got the kids and you want to bring the kids out and have that that safety feel, and for anybody who actually has never done it, or if you want to do it and just kind of get caught up on what's going on, what's the rules, regulations, what's the safety requirements. They're going to do a safety hunting class on Sunday, January 23rd from 2 to 4. You do need to RSVP because there are limited space. So if you want to join the class, it's 5 bucks. Bill, are you okay? What did you did run you just, the yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Got Darth Vader That's in Luke. the house. That's going to the mustache. Darth Vader in the house. So anywho, <laughs> anyway, if you, uh, it's, it's limited space. So if you do want to take the class, it's 5 bucks, guys. I mean, big, big stinking deals. $5. That's, that's a coffee. Two to four, and two it's to four, January twenty third. Where are they going to have it at? Where's it? It's up in Brooksville. It is at the Faith Cowboy Church. Okay, so it's going to be Faith, at the yeah. church. Yeah, that's cool. It is one one two zero seven seven Broad Street, over in Brooksville. Give uh, Michelle a call three five two five eight four twelve seventy six, but you have to register by the twentieth. 
If you go in and uh, just go to social media, Facebooky type thing, and type in Brooksville Annual Squirrel Hunt, you'll uh, you'll probably get <clears throat> a, a link to all that kind of good stuff. Although that their uh, their uh, their group, their squirrel group, is private, so I don't think you can get into that. It's invite only, baby. I know, but so I think that you have to go type it in and do your thing and go look and do whatever that kind of thing, right? They want to make sure you're not a deer hunter. Just trying to get in on the squirrels. Well, that's what I was saying. Uh, today would be a beautiful day to get out there in your favorite squirrel-seeking uh, neck of the woods and go out and uh, do your thing and maybe make a few notations and a few little uh, things like that. Uh, well, you know. Carlos hasn't been able to get out and put the walnuts or cashews or anything out there. He he was wanting to leave some of those out in the woods on a little platform just so the squirrels could get to them. Fatten them up. Okay. Yeah. You got to get out there. You got, what, a couple of weeks? February 5th? Yeah. Is that when it is? February f- when, when Twi- is it? February 5th? Is that? What, what's the official date? I didn't even give it out. 19th. 19th. You're That's like way off there, Bubba. Why was I thinking February 5th? Are we somewhere on the 5th? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. It's stuck in my mind. So anyway, the second annual squirrel hunt is on February 19th. That's a Saturday. And uh, it'll be a good time. Today would be a good scouting day for that. A Not a lot of wind. Day. Squirrels are going to be out there messing around, chasing around. Were, were you thinking about the turkey extravaganza? What's <clears> that? <throat> That's which one? I can't remember. The one now. up in uh, Wildwood or not Wildwood? Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, I'm, just gonna, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm, I'm gonna let him <laughs> swim before I get to it. Webster, Webster. I'm thinking flea market, flea market in my head. Yeah, that's on February 5th. That's exactly why I was thinking of it. Yeah, so that's uh, February 5th up there at the uh, True Heart Ranch up in Webster. Going to have a lot of guys and stuff like that going to be happening up there, and uh, it's going to be a good time had by all. If you don't make it to that one, the G is going to be putting theirs on uh, a week, week or two afterwards, I think, on that one. So everybody that's going to be there will be there. (laughs) <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. It's, gonna it's be in a, Webster, yeah. Yeah, Webster. To- Toby's texting me as we speak, too, as you're saying. It, he's True Heart Ranch, me. yeah. Well, it takes a second. They're on a delay. So am I. No, they're on a delay. <laughs> I know. I said so am I. They're on a delay. So it takes a while for them to get what we're hearing and then blah, 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 blah. Uh, before the uh, break, we were talking a little bit about the uh, the Eggles, but it's funny that uh, one place they're dying and another place they're thriving, but... Uh, Gino's on the phone, so let's get to him and see what he's doing these days. What's going on, cold water man? Uh, I tell you what, buddy, it's uh, it's going to get chilly tomorrow. Anyone going out in the boat the next day, probably this afternoon, you better tighten up and keep an eye on it. <laughs> exactly. When that front hits, man, you know you get that southwest breeze before the front comes in. I'm taking a zero on fishing today. Why? Today would be a good day to get back there, man. Uh, just it before would be the front. for a while, but I just don't want to get, I said, get my hair blowed out. It's already gone. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I would say by and two yeah, o'clock. Afraid, it was funny. You brought up the point. When we were boys in Pappy's Bayou, you had a better chance of seeing a bald eagle than an osprey. Yeah, that's true. There was no osprey. <clears throat> and I, I, that's not a lie, guys. That's the truth. Yeah. I mean, and if you saw a manatee, you came home and told everybody because there weren't any. Yeah, well, I know that, uh, you know, in the old days when you and I would go underneath the 83rd Avenue Bridge and uh, cut across Riviera, if you looked over on the right-hand side where those old mullet camps used to be, there were like two eagle nests that were there that had been there for generations. I mean, these things were as yeah. big around as a, uh, as a, a king-size bed. They were huge. 
And they yeah, were there forever. Bad to them every year, you know. Yeah, they were they were there forever, and then uh, one day they mysteriously disappeared, and the next thing you know, uh, uh, Casa whatever was built there. <laughs> yeah, there was a bunch of houses. There was that old mullet camp and uh, Kaya Costa shut down oyster bar yeah, over there. Kaya Costa, that was the name of it. That's yeah, the name of yeah. the. Uh, yeah, once well, now the, there's an osprey in every pole on the Franklin Bridge. So isn't that amazing? It's, I mean, all these doom and gloom people. Like I said, there's more dead manatees. Like, who's for dead manatees? Nobody's for it. But there's a lot more manatees too. Yeah. Um, and, and you like, guys are like the only show out there that's grounded in reality. <laughs> <laughs> well, when uh, it comes, ooh, man, when it I'm comes, gonna have to revoke that caller privilege if you think we're the only. Well, these guys aren't grounded in when reality. It, when, it, when it comes to wildlife, I think that we are grounded in yeah. reality. I think when it comes to common sense and and things you do in the woods and water and all that stuff, I think we are pretty much. Uh, well, you guys got it. One thing I say, y'all got is infuriated about the. Uh, in you know inshore redfish snook trout closure as anybody because that was just a power grab by guides around here and it still is and, down south i mean you can't go south of the bay and keep one yeah it's still well it's it's, a, it's amazing how they know their way around the flats better than anybody who's lived here 60 years you know but, what uh, what always amazed me about that gene is i will tell you this much and bill george was the one who actually pointed it out on that because he snuck into the super secret invite only uh meeting of that and then once he came out of there uh you know we blew the whistle on that and but i think people like you and me and vince and everybody else who goes out and tries to go catch some fish and mess around and take a couple of them home we did stand back and common sense was like wait a minute you're you're telling me one thing and guides are telling me one thing but yet i'm seeing something exactly. totally different out here in the water i mean well um, you think that one dead jewfish Ever realized how much TV coverage he was going to get in his death? <laughs> and you know what? I will say that, you know, Bill George took time out of his personal day. Uh, sure not, not too many guides did where he went to every single site and went all the way around the uh, perimeter of Pinellas all County. Pinellas County. Looking for dead, uh, you know, these rafts of, you know, cabillions of dead fish and, and found lots of bait fish. I mean, he's not going to deny that, but game fish, very few far between it it yeah, amazed but my me five inch vizio cardboard uh, tv box yeah you go somewhere so <laughs> thank you city of st petersburg well, well you know he he made the uh, you know he made the trip down to maximo and said you know there were boatloads of of seagrass and and dead greenbacks coming in and yeah. but it was yeah, funny. somebody's orange furniture too it, yeah. And but. it depending on where you went in the bay, you go northern part of the bay, there was a lot of dead catfish, a lot of dead sheep's head, uh, it, a lot of dead rays, but not snook, trout, or redfish. So, And then you have all the guides complaining and all these people complaining, I can't get pinfish, I can't get pinfish to go fish offshore. Well, guess what was dead? You know, maybe we should have protected pinfish. Closed down uh, pinfish for yep. a month or two. Yeah, that would have been fine. Well, other than that, Gino, how's everything else going in your world, my friend? Uh, you don't even want to know, buddy. But we're, uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I that's why we asked. Kentucky girl coming this week. I got to clean up this house, man. So <laughs> Is she bringing down some of that venison for you? No, she's bringing me a bunch of bottles of whiskey. That's even better. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I guess that'll substitute for something. I don't know. <laughs> That should be I fine. don't know. I got to ask her. You know what though? Um, that uh, her friend did get. Well, she that that girlfriend of hers. I, I sent you the picture. Yeah. She did. Uh, 
fill out all their Indiana and Kentucky tags. So there might be some venison. I didn't even think about it. That'd be good. Well, you know, she ain't there yet, so make a phone call, man. That woman is a tremendous hunter. Let Lenny. She said, I got two doe tags to fill. I'm heading out this afternoon. And you saw that picture of her with those two nice does at her feet. Goodbye. So. Put them in the freezer. It's all good. Do what you got to do. Anyway. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. You know, I, I got to ask you this. We were talking a little bit earlier about it, and I, I, I brought up the story about the time that we got caught uh, leaving the management area with a, a pig that we had already previously cleaned and we're in fear for our lives because we thought we were. And we were like 19 or 20 years old. We thought we were just doing the right thing. And we thought we were going to be walking home in our underwear because the officers were threatening to take everything that we had in our possession because. You know what, Brayden? When you were telling that story, I had a buddy, and this guy, I mean, he couldn't catch a a ladyfish. I'll fall outdoorsman. Uh, But he had bought like one of those little 13 6 whaler boats. And he had a buddy, and they had gone spearfishing uh, down around Fort DeSoto. Anyhow, he took it up to Crystal River, and they were skiing. But they had left the spear gun on the boat, okay? It was stashed. They got popped. You got a spear gun on the boat. Yeah, we got skis on the boat, not a single fishing pole. It's just stashed. They kept his boat, and it took an act of Congress to get it back. Yeah, and now why Um, don't we do that anymore? I mean, because when they put the fear of God into you and me and Tom and everybody else that were out there running around— we never did anything that remotely even looked like what they might have accused us of doing. But nowadays, exactly. no, nowadays exactly. there's no fear of re- repercussions whatsoever. I mean, Well, what, I remember, I can remember having to go to court one time because uh, you were with me. I didn't have, I got a brand new shotgun, didn't have a plug in it. Yeah, but, yeah, I, but I mean. And I had to go to court and, I mean, you know, you're in whatever court it is. And the judge. And, and I didn't do anything except have not, not have a plug in a shotgun. He had a three-shot limit on doves back then. But when the judge got to the hunting crimes, he just basically put his feet up on his desk. And there were guys with had shot 75 doves, $20 fine, adjudicated. You know, it, there was really no teeth. It was kind of like a pain in that judge's butt to anything to do with game laws was just like, why are you wasting my time with this? No, and there were some serious violations. Well, too. I remember I remember when we got popped down there at the celery fields, and I remember the look on your face when that officer said, give me one more shell, and it went shink, and it went in the shotgun, and he went, you know, looked and went, officer, I swear I didn't know. He just bought the shotgun. He bought it used. <laughs> Oops. Didn't know I that there was no plug in it. The day before, we went down to shoot. That's right, and we all said, hey, you know, uh, he just bought this shotgun, and, uh, you know, he didn't know. He's only put three in it legally, you know, and did it the right way. But since it still was capable of holding more, he had to write him a citation. And I remember we drove all the way back down to Manatee County, went to court. Gino took it to court, and the judge threw it out. I oh, mean, wow. once we explained the same thing that we told the officer, you know, but the officer then was like, whose car is this? You know, I could take this car. You know, I could take this. <laughs> I could take that. I could take that this shotgun. Bad, bad day. And so he said, I'm already going to write you a citation, and if you want to take it to court, that's fine, and I'm going to let you go. No, but... it was mandatory court. Oh, that's right. It was that, mandatory. That was mandatory. So he wow. said, since he's, that's why he let us go, because he said, since you're already going to be going to court over this, I'll let you take all your stuff with you. But I could, I could take all this stuff right now. And that means me. Yeah, but I mean, the bottom line is I could have whittled, uh, cut down the pencil and stuck it in there. You know what I mean? I was, I was shooting three, didn't even think about that, that, that I didn't have a plug in it. Yeah, I was free and clear because I was shooting a single shot, so I was good. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you could have taken the Pinto and everything else, too. That's right, the old uh, Bandit Pinto, man. We were in the yeah. old Bandit car. Yeah. 
I think yeah. it was me, you, wasn't Tommy there too? I think Tom was there. I think Tom was. Well, who else would have been shooting with us? Yeah, Maybe well, Spencer. I don't know. Yeah, Pete never went, so yeah. It's like, it's like listening to the Wonder Years, I swear to God. <laughs> it was the Wonder Years. It, it was, was the Wonder Years. Place. Look, we got we could have got a lot more trouble if it wasn't for the mangroves and the shotgun. Yeah, that okay? is true. That is true. We would have been in a lot more trouble. All right, quit talking, Gino. Uh, I don't know what the statute of limitations is on a lot of things. You just <laughs> shut up. All right, we got to take a break. We love you. We'll see you soon, all right? I'll see you, brother. All right, see man. Thank you, guys. See you, buddy. All right, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We are brought to you by our good friends at Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. Okay, here we go. Got a few minutes left. Top of the hour. Uh, well, then we'll be out of here and leave you to your beautiful Saturday and go out and have a good old time. Uh, it is the big and wild outdoors. It's going to be a nice day, so get out and enjoy it. As uh, you heard Gino say, as everybody knows, the front's going to be pushing through a little bit later on uh, this evening, and it's going to get nasty. I would be off the water by 3 o'clock. Yeah, before the uh, before the breeze, before the breeze uh, comes in. Before the breeze comes in from the southeast, then you'll be all good, all that kind of thing. It's going to be yes, kind sir. of nasty. But before we get out of here, I just wanted to bring this up for Vince because I know it touches his heart. Before we get out <laughs> of here. He never brought, went, got his gift either. I'll get it out of here and then he can take pictures of it and put it up on Big and Wild and uh, everybody else in there can, can see it. Winter the Dolphin. Really, dude? <laughs> really? Has been returned to the sea. Oh, they spread his ashes. It, they did it on Thursday. Uh, the Good ashes. For them. Uh, they were they were encased in a Himalayan sea salt urn. <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> Caretakers from the Clearwater Marine Aquarium carried the urn aboard the 45 foot U.S. Coast Guard response boat, and as the boat ventured out into the Gulf of Mexico. A Coast Guard C-130 Hercules flew over, did a solemn flyover. Hey, man, you know what? That dolphin brought a lot of cheer to a lot of people, man, and a lot of hope and a lot of... So, you know what? I'm glad they did it. I'm not done. Continue. (laughs) It's only a 30-second sound. play it again. I got it. (laughs) Saluting the dolphin, who was an inspiration to so many, and signaling the start of the official ceremony at sea. Members of the Winter's Animal Care Team read a poem in her memory before spreading her ashes into the clear gulf waters, accompanied by rose petals and orchids. And finally, they honored the dolphin by participating in her favorite activity, (laughs) blowing bubbles. You guys are jerks. Well, don't put me in there. I, you're over there laughing too. You're it, part it, of it is kind of funny, but you guys are jerks. The last time winter was in the ocean was December 10, 2005, as a baby dolphin struggling for her life as she had been tangled in a crab trap line, look, which had man, cut off the circulation look, to her tail flukes. Look, I like winter. I love winter. I had one of winter's first paintings when she was brought in. That dolphin did a lot of good for a lot of people. So, you know what? I don't care what you guys say or do, man. It's, I, I have mad respect for that, for that animal. I do. 
Over the years, <laughs> the aquarium staff on, captured thousands of hours of video featuring Winter's humorous antics and play and displayed an affection for all of her dolphin buddies and meeting with fans. So for you, Vince, this footage has been turned into a virtual reality immersive experience that will allow guests to virtually meet and even swim with Winter in the aquarium's new virtual reality theater. Good for them. So there you go. I like it. Hey, Winter, I, Winter lives on in the digital world, and right. you can go see and visit her anytime you want to. I, I did turn around. I did turn around and hear somebody make a comment somewhere in my travels that they should have taken those ashes and make made them into little urns to be able to be put on keychains and sold, so that they would turn around and she could generate more funds. For the aquarium. You know what they could have done? What's that? They could have added her ashes to those fish balls that they dump off of shore oh, to yeah. attract more fish yeah, in. Yeah, that'd be cool. Well, why wouldn't they do that? Then you'd put have the a, winter... Put it in a cinder block. Turn her into a reef. Have the winter memorial reef so you could spear fish <laughs> on I'm it. Sure somebody fish do, on I'm it. sure somebody will do that now. Well, it's too late now. All the ashes are gone. <laughs> yeah, but they can put a memorial just like they have the ring of honor or veterans ring of honor out there. <sighs> no. They could put I, like a dolphin uh, statue down, you know. Below. I, you know, I, I, we did a story a million years ago about a guy <laughs> who was a fisherman in England, and uh, when he passed away, his wishes were to be cremated, and mixed with dough balls, and thrown back into this favorite river that he used to fish with, so that the fish could not only get revenge back on him for all the fish that he <laughs> took in, but also he would become become part of the very thing that he actually loved doing, which was fishing. Now that I thought was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Now yeah. I, you know what? Uh, I mean, in all seriousness, that that was really cool that they did that. Was it a little excess? Uh, like a little excess. But what do you mean excess? I mean, uh, we we harassed you, Vince. No, I but know. but uh, I did not realize that was coming. But uh, <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did. I did. I did kind of smile as you were sitting there. <laughs> but. Uh, you know. Well, you know what? To make yourself feel better, I got a new thing for you. You ready? What's that? Since winter has gone the way of the dodo and uh, is now uh, part of some plankton's belly, uh, you know, it's all out there. Volusia County is looking for enthusiastic volunteers to participate in Manatee Watch. Nah, I'm good. Which, which is a program that identifies the uh, presence of manatees in local waterways. I'm and good. So residents who live on the water spend a lot of time near the water, or if you're a boater, you're encu- encouraged to become a manatee watcher. It's it's a free thing you can do. It's a volunteer thing, but you do have to be trained. For what? Do I get paid I, for I the training? Uh, no. It's, well, then uh, I'm not doing it. I, I'm out. You got to uh, you got to go <laughs> 10 to noon on Monday, February 7th at the Stinson Aquatic Center, which we've already passed. And then, of course, the last one was on Saturday, February 12th over in New Smyrna uh, so that you can be trained to observe manatee behavior, Document manatee sightings, photograph manatees, sketch scar patterns, and uh, information gathered from Manatee Watch volunteers and and, uh, provides vital information, including behavioral movements within waterways and all the other stuff. So No, that sounds like an intern's job, not mine. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But it's a volunteer watch (laughs) thing. No, that's an intern who is going to try to get a degree. No, let them do it. I'm going to have a... I, a science degree. <laughs> you got to be at least 16 years of age, too, if you'd like to uh, get involved. Yeah, While you're talking about the manatee stuff, have you all paid attention to the fact that we're trying to feed manatees over in... Yes. 
Yeah, and 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 I, we brought it up a second hour that the photograph of the, the old people, the two old folks out there feeding those big fat giant manatees out on the river, and everybody's beating them up, going, "Dude, that's illegal. You can't do that." And all, and everybody's like, "FWC's doing it. FWC's feeding them. Why should I be fined? Why but, should I be in trouble but, for violating what they're doing?" Well, the funny thing that I have is FWCs aren't getting any manatees to eat their food, and you know somehow they're. Other people manage to get them to eat, but I don't know. <laughs> it, it's kind of crazy. You're not putting ranch dressing on it. That's why. <laughs> Next week, live at the, uh, 